You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. How to win the battles of life. How to win the battles of life. You know, one of the things my job for you as a pastor is, I want to teach you and train you in the Word of God so that uh, it doesn't just all happen here in this room. I want you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I want you to always win. He always causes us to triumph. Come on, always. Always causes us to triumph. Amen. And the truth of the matter is, um, because you live on planet Earth, there are some battles. There are some wars. So whether you know, the Bible talks about them being mountains, uh, storms. Uh, We have an adversary. Things try to rise up against us. And so what we've got to learn to do, we've got as we walk with God, we've got to learn to win. Now, a lot of times it's like this. Everybody, um, how many of you know um, God... um, with, with, I mean, with God, all things are possible, right? How many know God can do anything, right? And so at Cornerstone, I don't spend as much time on what God can do. Because I think we all believe that he is the Almighty. Amen. Come on, Jesus, your Savior. Yeah. See the Lord of your life. We believe in him, right? So we don't have to work on his side. He's going to do his side. Amen. Can he ever fail? Does his word ever return void? I mean, his word never fails. I mean, he's God, right? He's got his thing. He's going to do his. So in my thinking and my training from him, my job is to get you ready to receive all that God has offered to you. So that means we're going to have to be spending all of our time on us, getting us positioned so that we can receive. Amen? So that makes good sense. Does that make good sense to you? It makes good sense to me. Because God's got, how I many you know, God will never disappoint you. Amen. Well, I lost half of you. Well, he's dis- No, he's never disappointed you. Yeah, but I, no, he's never disappointed you. Why, why do you say that, Pastor Mark? Because the scripture says that. The scripture says, I'll never disappoint you. I'll never let you down. I'll never fail you. Right? He can never forsake you. He won't fail you. Yeah, but no, 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 yeah, buts. He will never fail you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you down. Yeah, but what is that but in there? Can I get rid of your butt? Hallelujah. Let me exercise it off here real quick. Hallelujah. I want to get rid of your butt. Because if you believe that he can fail, you don't have confidence in his word. If you believe he, can, he has let you down, then you don't know him. Listen, church can let you down. Preachers can let you down. Godly people can let you down. Um, this can let you down. Employers, can, employee, everybody, your team can even let you down. Everybody can let you down. But God, never. Never, never. Yeah, but I, get rid of your butt. Come on, get rid of it. Because going forward, if this is going to, if this is going to work for you, you're going to have to get rid of that butt. Because God needs you positioned so that you can win all the time. How many, come on, can somebody say all the time? Now listen, you can't win for everybody else all the time. I don't care if you're married to them. You can't always win for them. 
You can't always win for your adult children. Hopefully you've trained them up the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. You can, you can pray for people. You can believe with people. But ultimately, when it comes to decisions, the Bible is very clear. God said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. Everybody has their own individual choices in life. You can help them, you can believe with them, you can pray with them, you can guide them. But when it comes down to it, what you choose every day is what is the sum total of your life. Now thank God, God can deliver you out of all of your troubles. Amen. The ones you create, the ones the idiots around us create, the one the, one the devil create. I mean God will deliver you out of them all. Amen. But I want you to concentrate with me on, on I want you to win. I want, I want, how many of you know he always causes you to triumph? How many, how many times is always? always? Come on, somebody say, I always win. I always, I always win. In him, I always win. Come on, in him, you always win. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You're more than a conqueror and overcomer in this life. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Amen. So that word overcome means that sometimes you got something to go over. You know, there's not a testimony without a test. And we know that God doesn't send that because he said, I am not tempted with evil, neither do I tempt any man with evil. So we know the devil is the one or living on this earth is the reason that sometimes messes or problems come our way. But the good news is in God, you can always win. Have I convinced you enough? Have you gotten rid of your butt yet? Hallelujah. Come on. Are you, are you a winner? Amen. Are you always going to win? Yes. Amen. Well, let's look at some stuff. I want you to, I want to build a foundation. And so this is a familiar scripture. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is teaching, teaching out of a parable. And he says in verse 24, familiar scripture, everybody, but I want you to look at it and listen. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall or the destruction of it. I want to remind you about this. Number one, you've got two people. And the first thing I want you to know is these two people heard the same thing. These two people were sitting on the same row at Cornerstone Word of Life Church and heard the same thing. Not two different things. They heard the same thing. Everybody say the same thing. thing. Come on, say it again. The same thing. thing. So they heard the word of God, the anointed word of God preached. They heard it. They heard a word in due season. They both heard it. And then I want you to notice that these two different, these two people heard the same thing. And then listen, the same storm. Everybody say the same storm. It's not a different storm with various degrees of wind. Uh, It's the same. It's the same amount of rain. It's the same amount of wind. One of them's not living in Cali and the other in Florida. These are the same. They heard the same thing and the same storm came. They served the same God. 
They can even be, they're, they're both born again, obviously, if they're both hearing the word. They serve the same God, but they get two totally different results. And it's not on God. There was no special lesson involved to the one whose house that fell. It had nothing to do with their age. It had nothing to do with anything except there's only one thing it had anything to do with. Just one thing. One key. And this is a big one because, see, there's not a lot of times where you could say there's a key. Because a lot of times with God, there's many keys. But this one seems to be a key to life if you're going to win the battles of life. You have to start with this one. This one has to be forefront. This has to be, this has to be it. Th this is the first thing you got to do. And everyone in this room and everyone that's watching me and everyone that was in first service and everybody that missed church and should have been here, everybody is required the same thing because we can all hear. God's given you ears to hear, not these things. He's given you ears to hear what the Spirit of God says to you. And he's given you ministers, preachers, men and women of God to teach you the Word of God. And then he's given you a book, and you've got it on every way, shape, form. I mean, you've got it on paper. You've got it in a phone. You've got it on your computer. You've got it in all kinds of translations. I mean, you have got the Word of God that you can get into. Amen? Amen. And so the thing, though, it is, is this, is those only who do it. It's as simple as that. James chapter 1, verse 22. What does the Bible say? He says, don't be a hearer only. I know this is simple, and don't let it be too simple. Those that are hearers only, mm -mm. he didn't, faith, faith just, it just begins when you hear. It just begins when, it's a start. But James said, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Come on, by faith, everybody say, I'm a, I'm a doer. Now, that's really up to you, isn't it? It doesn't matter who you're married to. It doesn't matter uh, uh, where you grew up. It doesn't, matter, it, it doesn't matter your education. Everybody can do the word. Everybody can do the word. This, is, this, is, this makes this fair. This makes this just. Because it, it has nothing to do with anything except for when you heard something, you either choose to do it or choose not to do it. Either, it's, just, it's just simple. It's too simple. Everything hinges on this. It really does. If you're going to make it in this life, especially in the time you've come into, playing around, is, it, it just needs to stop. Because there's a lot of stuff going on. And the truth of the matter is, though, the devil is still the devil, but he knows his time is shorter and shorter. Do you know when Jesus is coming back? I don't. I just know we're in the last of the last days. At least it's, it's later than it was yesterday. He's coming. Jesus is coming. And the devil knows he's coming. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy from anyone and everyone he can. But see, you can keep him from it by simply just doing the word. Simply? I, I, I said simply, but sometimes it's hard to do the word. But you can do the word. Come on, say it again. I'm a doer. Now, those who heard the word, heard the same sermon as the other guy. Listen, Jesus likened it to two different things. He said, the one who just hears, listen, you can build a million-dollar home with crystal chandeliers, uh, um, stuff, you know, uh, Brazilian redwood for your cabinets. You can have uh, Italian marble that you went to Italy and picked out yourself. And you can put it in that million-dollar home, but if you don't have a good foundation, when the winds blow, when the storm comes, that million dollars is coming crashing down. 
because the storm don't care. Listen to me. The storm doesn't care. The storm doesn't care. It's going to move anything that can be moved. And then the other one, they, that Jesus likened that to building it on what? On sand. And then he said, but those who do the word, you're building your house on a rock, which represents Jesus, the word. So you're building your house on a rock, and a rock that cannot be shaken. He's the cornerstone. Amen. That's a good name for a church. He's the cornerstone. Amen. And that's a sure foundation that no matter the size of the storm, you cannot and will not be moved. Your house will stand through no matter what the enemy throws at you if you're a doer of the word. A doer of the word. And so it's important to understand that. So I want to look today, I'm going to get started on, we're going to look it at, everybody say it once again, say I'm a doer. Are, are, we're doing it, right? Amen. So, we're, uh, so I, I want to remind you, um, I think I've been talking about this a little bit here and there, but um, what's the key to miracles? Anybody remember? What's the key to miracles? Mama Mary said it. Remember Mama Mary? What did she say? Whatever he says, do it. That's got to be the motto. I wish Nike hadn't stolen that. Because that really ought to be the, the motto of us. And they didn't get it from the Bible themselves. But the truth of the matter is, that's got to be your motto. Whatever he says, whatever I see written down, I'm just going to do it. I don't have to understand it to do it. I'm just going to do it. And then when he speaks to me, when he, when he leads me in my heart, I don't have to understand. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And, yeah, but I tried that, and it didn't work out the way I thought it should. Well, you don't know if it worked out yet because it's not over yet, is it? Because, you know, sometimes I'm going to tell this comes up in my heart. I'm going to tell you one more time. It's probably my last series. But I'm going to bring it into this series because the Word of God's all connected. When, when you follow the Holy Ghost, he didn't, you know, we got to get over this. When I follow God, everything always has to look perfect. Because that's not how you determine if you obeyed. You determine if you obey because you know the voice of God. And if you do what he said do, and even if it doesn't look like it's working out, it's still working out because God told you to do it. Uh-uh. Listen, it doesn't matter what it looks like because if God told you to do it, you're not, if you're judging by what you see, feel, hear, then you're, you're being led by circumstances. If you heard from God and you did what God said, even if it doesn't look right, if you can't understand it, but God still told you to do it, then he may have told you to do it because something needs to begin to work for the future. And then when you're ready or they're ready and when your job's ready or when your whatever's ready, when, blah, 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 when your house is you then you just walk into it because you started it two years ago when you obeyed God. Even if it didn't look like it. We judge too much by what we see, hear, feel. Amen. We just need to learn to judge by the word of God and by the leading of the Holy Ghost. And you got to know it. And so what did Mama Mary say? Whatever he says. Come on, everybody say do it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Hallelujah. And so um, I want to begin to talk to you about, though, when the storms come, what do you do in the middle of the storm? What do you do when the storm, because I want to, I want, you know, how do you win? How do you, um, how do you win every time? So how to win the battles of life. So it starts with being a doer of the word. 
You can't go beyond that. You can't, you, you might, if you're not going to do that, then you might as well just stop. Because, you ha- because, because no matter how hard you try or whatever you attempt to do, well, I come to church on Sunday and I pay my tithe and, you know, um, you know I just kind of, no, you got to be a doer on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. If you want to win all the time. Come on, isn't it nice to have an undefeated season? Isn't it nice to win the championship? How do, isn't it nice to win? And no matter what sports you're in, that's fine. But what is more important? you got to win in life. you got to win in life. And you can win. Because on God's side, he always causes you to triumph. Nothing's impossible with him. But that's God's side. What's your side? What's my side? Well, the first thing I've got to do is I've got to be a doer. I know I'm belaboring this. Because just because you sit at Cornerstone Word of Life Church doesn't automatically make you a doer. Even though the word of God is preached to you, doesn't make you a doer. It makes you a hearer. And y'all are good at it. And I love hanging out with you. But I want you to win tomorrow. I want you to win on your job. I want you to win in your marriage. I want you to win with your children. I want you to win, 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 win. And in order to win, you got to begin to be a doer of the word. And when you begin to do it, and not hear it, you position yourself because now you're on a solid foundation. Listen, um, storms come. I'll get the other thing in a minute. Storms come. I remember a few years back I was studying this out because sometimes, especially as word people, as people who love the Lord, you know, we get these, we get, we, 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 we think some things or we hear a sermon on something and then we, we generalize it for everybody. And so I was studying one time and I was asking the Lord, you know, give me scripture about why certain battles come to my life. What caused this? You know, what caused this? And sometimes you don't need to know, but some, when it comes to a storm, when it comes to a battle, when it comes to a mountain, sometimes you do need to know what caused it. Because there's a different response to every kind of storm. And so the Lord sent me on a journey and I found three kinds of storms in the Bible. And I'm going to generalize, but, but you need to understand this. These three storms, you can probably put, when something happens in your life, you can put them into one of these categories. And you need to know these because the response to get out of that storm is different for every one of them. Number one, there was Jonah's storm. Anybody remember Jonah's storm? Why was Jonah in the belly of that whale? Disobedience, right? Disobedience. You see, so I can pick on him because he's, he's my child here. So Richard gets set up front. I'll pick on him. Let's just say Richard comes to me and says, hey, Pastor Mark. He's like, I'm having this real drama, trauma in my life, and I just need you to agree with me, and let's use our authority, and we're just going to, woo, we're going to whoop up on this storm and get it out of my life. And yet Richard's just being a dog. You know, he's not being nice to Cheryl at home. And it's never true. It's never true because she whoop him. Anyway, so um, because you can't outrun her. Um, So but it's not true. It's not true. But 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 if I just went to pray for him and commanded, I mean, he got some good Pentecost in there. Shandai, Hyundai. I command that to go. I demand it to go. And it didn't go. Well, is it that my faith didn't work? No, it's because the truth of the matter of the source of the storm is disobedience. 
and I can declare and decree and speak the word and speak the word and speak the word. And the devil will be going, ha, I ain't moving. Why? Because the only thing that's going to move this storm is repentance. You have to do something. You have to ask the Lord to forgive you. Aren't you glad for 1 John 1, 9? Written to the church. If, you know, if you miss it, mess up. The Bible says what? Confess your fault where you missed it. Whether you missed it in the word or whether you missed it with the leading of the Lord. Whether you missed it by not walking in love. Whether you missed it by, you know, doing whatever. But, but, but that's, those storms arise for that. And the only way to stop that storm, there's no other way to stop that storm. You have to repent. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to repent. Amen. It is a gift. It is a gift of God that when we mess up, because I'm looking at you and you're looking at me, have you ever messed up since you've been born again? (laughs) Aren't you grateful for the blood? But you can't just barrel through this storm with confession. You have to repent. And the moment you, how long, how many know it don't take long to repent? Take a few seconds if you do it right. And then right when you're done and it's all good and you've been washed, then you'd command, declare, decree. And guess what? The Lord will deliver you out of all your troubles. Hallelujah. The Lord will deliver you out of them all. Okay. So that's one kind of storm. And then another kind of storm is you, you, can be, uh, you can be right in the smack middle obeying God, doing everything just right. Because remember uh, the disciples uh, after one of the meetings with Jesus, Jesus, who is the word of God, told them to go to the other side. Didn't he? What is that? That's a word from heaven. Go to the other side. So what does that make them? In the middle of the will of God. Then what happens? They get on their boat, and, uh, and then if you study it, the Bible, it talks about a storm arose. But if you study that storm arose, there's some demonic stuff there. It wasn't just a storm because there was none. It was a storm to take out the disciples. And then that's the one where Jesus came walking across the water. How cool is that? And then what did Jesus do? Peace. Be still. And what happened? calm down. Why? Because that was a demonic attack. How many know sometimes as you're in the middle of the will of God, the devil will just attack you, right? And then what, do you, what, what can you do to get rid of that storm? You've got to know your authority. You've got to know the name of Jesus. You command, you declare, you decree, and peace be still, and it'll all take care of it. Now, see, in our circles, though, we, we, get either, we get in a ditch on either side of those because this is what happens. If you've been taught, you know, well, if you get out of the will of God, the devil's going to get you. Then when somebody's going through something, we're like, oh, I wonder what they did. I bet he's messing around on her. Ah, oh, they're probably not tithing. I mean, we jump to conclusions with everybody's storm. You know what? You don't need to quit paying attention to everybody else's storm. Unless they ask you to get in the middle of their storm. Or you're married and connected to that storm. And you'd like for them to straighten up so you can get over that storm. You understand what I'm saying? Because, but see, then on the other side, then you, I've heard people get, well, every time the devil attacks, it's just because I'm in the middle of the will of God. I'm just, I'm just obeying God so much the devil hates me. You know, and, and it could be true. 
But every storm is different and only really you know. And God can tell you what is the source of that storm. But then there's the third kind of storm, which I believe is the one that happens the most. And this is the storm, remember in Acts, when Paul got on the ship. Remember, and he was going to Jerusalem because that's where he had to go. And he had a centurion watching him. Remember what he said? We looked at it in the last series. Paul said what? I perceive, not based on circumstances outward, I perceive that this voyage, King James says, laid in our ship, means all the goods on it. And our lives are going to be lost. And remember what the centurion believed the captain, which is normal and natural, believed the captain more than he did the preacher. And so this kind of storm is really one you don't have much control over. I know this, this may not be good news, but it's all good news when I get done, all right? The, you are attached. How many of you live in this world? How many of you are part of a family? Do any of you work? Any of you drive? <laughs> Listen, because everybody is not under the control of the Spirit of God like you are, there's some crazy folks out there. There's some nuts in your family fruit tree, right? I mean, there are people that just cause us problems all the time. And you know what? I would love to just tell you that, um, you know, that that's all going to stop. But you and I can't control the wills of everybody around us. God gives people opportunity. They respond incorrectly. God gives people opportunity, and they're not ready for the opportunity, and therefore the door closes. Um, you got people all around you who won't listen. I, and so let's look at this in a little more. But see, the third kind of storm is, and I say it like this, and, you know, don't get mad at me, but I say it like this. It's because all the idiots around us who won't listen to God. And it doesn't put us up at a place, but the truth of the matter is people's choices People's decisions cause us some grief sometimes. And what do you do about that? Well, you know, case sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, 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 no. No, that's not what you do. But there are three kinds of storms. There's a storm that is caused because of disobedience. You repent of that one, and then after you repented, then you take authority. There's the kind that you're in the middle of the will of God and doing everything God told you. So what you got to do, you get up and declare and decree a thing and you command it to stop in Jesus' name. But the third kind of storm is a little more interesting because it's involving other people and people that surround you. You've got to get strategy from the Lord. You've got to get strategy from the Lord. So let's look at that one in Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Everybody say, I, I, I always win. Say, I always win. Because I'm a doer of the word. I always win. Acts chapter 27, verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. So let's set the stage. They're on this big old ship. It's being tossed by winds and waves. There's no sun, no stars, and everybody is hopeless. In other words, what are they doing? They're like, we're going to die. We're about to die. We're going to die. That's all they're thinking about is dying. They're thinking about because all hope is lost. 
And right in the middle of that, but after long abstinence, all right, where did Paul go? So I assume he goes into the middle of the ship and he goes all by himself and he's there alone. Now listen, one of the hardest things to do is when there's a storm all around you that you did not cause. And in this case, he warned them about. Because later on, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is, you should have hearkened unto me. I don't think it's wrong to tell people you should have listened to me. I told you what was going to happen. If you do it in the right way with love, then then they'll begin to understand, oh, they have inside information. I should have listened to them. And the truth is, and you need to, you know, going back to my last series, you need to teach your children how to be led by the Spirit of God. They need to understand that you can be led because it will keep you out of a whole bunch of situations. God will always deliver you out of every situation, but it would be better not to get in the situation. But then you got people, you know, um, your child might be good, but maybe their friend is not. And they get in the car, and your child's not doing anything, but the friend is doing something, and they're all dead anyway. You need to teach your children who to hang with and who not to hang with. Now, that's just serious where it is. Why do bad things happen to good people? It's because good people don't follow God. We have to follow him. And so a lot of bad situations come because of somebody else, because of their choices, because of their decisions. And sometimes you can't do anything about it except do what Paul did. So in the middle of a storm, When everybody thinks they're dying, instead of just being, well, you know, God, I tried. Um, I can't control them. You know, take me, Jesus. Take me, Jesus. Don't let a shark eat me. Let me me drown quick. You know, uh, whatever. No, he didn't do that. He went away and began to pray and get strategy from the Lord. He went away, and then he got a word from the Lord. Well, I wish I could get a word from the Lord. I, oh, come on. I haven't been so long with you. I told you that all last eight weeks. You can get a word from the Lord. You can get directions from heaven. You have the written word of God, and then God can speak to you. He can give you a strategy in your current situation to help you get out of it and help it turn out like God had planned it to. Amen? So let's look. It said, but after long absence, Paul stood in the fourth midst of it and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete and gained all this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to cheer up. Turn your neighbor and say, cheer up. He's like, I ex- he, he's, 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 no, listen, no, everything's been shaken. They can't see the sun. They can't see the stars. They've been tossed from here to there. I mean, everything is lost. Everybody's crying. Everybody's writing notes and putting them in a bottle, hoping that somebody will know someday. I mean, it, they're gone. They're gone. But Paul comes up after being away with the Lord in the middle of the storm. One of the hardest things you have to do, but you got to learn how to do it, is when everything is raging, you got to be able to get in the middle, uh, somewhere all by yourself with God. Hallelujah. Because that's where you need to hear from, because that's where your help comes from. Quit looking at what you see. Quit looking at what you feel. Quit looking at what they're doing. You know how to hear from God, but you got to get in a place where you can hear from God. After long abstinence, I don't know how many days that was, but then he came up, and the storm is still raging. Nothing has changed. And he just looks at them all, he's, he exhorted them. He exhorted them. Cheer up. I'm sure they all looked at him like you looking at me sometimes. Hallelujah. He said, 
There's no, no one, none of you going to die. But, you know, we're all going to, we're going to lose the ship. But you're going to live. And then he told him why. For there stood by me this night an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, because you must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given all of you the way. He said, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go give for Caesar. And I asked God for all y'all, and he gave me all y'all. And, and, and you're going to be fine. And you're going to be fine. Amen. So in order to get to that place, you've got to do this. You have got to, I have got to, in the middle of the storms that other people cause in our life, we have got to go to that secret place. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. He that abides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the very, very shadow of the Almighty. Psalms 91 at our house is a required thing. Pastor Rhonda, if you've never heard of her teach on Psalms 91, it's, she has such revelation of it, it's what kept her alive in India. From the time our daughter was a little bitty girl who could speak, I mean, they prayed Psalms 91 every night. And um, before we get in the car, I, I, know, I know we don't do it locally, it's just another thing. When, we go, when we're going anywhere on a long trip, getting on a plane, I tell her to Psalms 91, it, and I just, I, I mean, I, I get it, and I, I, I got it too, but she's really got it. I know she's got Psalms 91. But what does it say? He that dwells, he that lives, has his home in. Not, he comes in only on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night, who comes only when he's in trouble. He that dwells, he that dwells, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. What happens when you dwell there? How, how do you win the battles of life when they're caused by other people? You just dwell in the secret place. In the secret place, you'll be told secrets. In the secret place, you'll be told how to get out of stuff. In the secret place, you'll be told, like, remember at Ziklag, when David besought the Lord, he, he went and he got, the presence of, got in the presence of God. And what did the Lord say to him? Yeah, go. <laughs> Overtake. Conquer, recover all. Yeah, that was it. That was strategy. What other times? For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. You'll not have to fight in this battle. Just stand there and say that. For the Lord is, and what happened? Then the Lord sent ambushments about them, and three whole armies destroyed one another, and they carried away the spoils of it. What do you need? You need a strategy. What do I do in this situation, this storm going on in my life? I didn't cause it, Lord, but this, this, this is around me. You, you need to go away. You need to get with God. When you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, when you live there, when a plague is coming nigh you, you say, oh, no, not at this house. No plague shall come to my dwelling place. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. Well, you can come at me, but you're going to fall to my side. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.